So you were telling me that instead of starting this like we normally do, where I complain about something, you wanted to flip the script. Yeah, on you. And ask me if there's something that I love. Mm -hmm. And I thought, great idea. I'm going to flip the script. Double flip. Oh. On you. Chris, what's something that you love? Didn't see it coming. All right. So I love... Let me set the scene for you. Go ahead and close your eyes. Okay. I know you're wearing sunglasses, so... Didn't really necessarily have to, but... Uh, it doesn't have to be this place. I know you're not a fan. I'm not even saying I'm a fan, but imagine this. It's, um, you know, late October, maybe early November, right? It's the last week that Mackinac's open, right? And, uh, you know, you and this girl, you've been going to study for like a year, right? And it's your anniversary, so you decide to go up there, right? And uh, it's like, it's like uh, you, you work midnights. You know, you get off at like 7. You know, you start driving at like 8. You get there, I don't know. Afternoonish, three, four, something like that. I worked a whole day and then I drove for. Yeah, you oh, did. Wow. I, I guess I love her, yeah. And you're at this bed and breakfast, right? Okay. And little mom and pop op, you know? You get a, you get a room on the second floor, okay? And when you guys get in, you're so tired from that, that, that overnight that you worked that you guys yeah. go right to bed, right? You wake up, next thing you know, it's pitch dark outside. It's absolutely black, right? And uh, maybe it's 11 p.m., <clears throat> let's say, right? And you didn't really bring any food. You got some road snacks or whatever. Um, your eyes better still be closed. Uh, you're in Mackinac, and there's three restaurants in Mackinac. You don't know them. You don't know how to get there, right? So you're kind of pacing around in the dark. You don't want to turn on the lights and wake up your lover. So you uh, smoke also, and you decide to go out in the, the second floor balcony, right? You're having a cigarette, and uh, you're one unit over from the end, right? Uh, and there's a guy over there in the corner, really shaded. Can't really tell you know, much about him. You know, you can tell he's in shorts. He's got a nice shirt on. He's overweight. You know, he's wearing a ball cap, right? You can start making idle conversation about Mackinac. Maybe he tells you it's a bucket list thing, you know, bucket list to go back to Mackinac. You know, it's kind of sentimental to him. You want to go one more time, you know, that kind of a thing, right? You guys kind of get on the subject about how you have this photography class you take at community college. He says he's a photographer. You guys talk about that for a little while. And he says, you know, if you want to come into my room, I can show you some pictures, kind of a thing. So you go into the room, right? And he's, he's showing you some pictures, or at least he's trying to. He's on his laptop. And, and the room's not very well lit. There's a couple, like, little lamps on either side of the bed. But you can't really see anything. This is going. It's very, very dark in there. So you, uh, you, you're looking at the thing, and he's trying to log into Facebook to show you pictures that he has on his Facebook. But he can't figure out how to get into Facebook, right? Yes, but you can see his profile. It's just set to private. And the only pictures you can see are, like, whatever he set his cover photo to. He's trying to show you a couple of pictures of, like, a nice sunset on the beach, you know, and a football game and stuff. And he's like, hey, you know, if I, if I could get in, I, w I would show you more, you know. And eventually you're like, ah, no, that's all right. And you guys go back outside and, you, you know, smoke cigarettes and stuff. And you say bye, you know, and you go in. You go to bed. You fall asleep next to your, your partner. You wake up the next morning ungodly early because, you know, your partner slept the night through. So when she's ready to get up at six or whatever, you get up too. And you guys go downstairs. You know, it's very cold. You get the, the continental breakfast, you know, maybe like a some granola, oatmeal, cereal, maybe some orange juice, apple juice, that kind of a thing. Maybe some fruits, maybe some muffins, you know. You grab some stuff. You know, if it were me, I'd probably go for the oatmeal, and I would get, like, the granola and the, like, the coconut shavings and uh, all that kind of business, you know, into a okay. big old sloppy bowl. Well, since of the scenario, it's me and I'm not nine. I'm going right past the oatmeal. Go on. <laughs> What are you grabbing? I'm a man. I'm getting a waffle. You're getting a waffle, right? Great. Anything in it? 
in it? Yeah. Oh, you mean like... Yeah, like chocolate chips, walnuts, whatever. No, I'm no? a simple man. I just okay. like a nice Belgian waffle. I You seem like a big glass of orange juice guy. Oh, you know me. Yeah. yeah. And then you notice that they have like a nice little little area. You know, sun's not even up yet. It's pretty dark outside still. It's nice and cool, but they got this area outside with that big plastic tent thing, you know? And it's still heated, you know? You know what I'm talking about? It's like attached off of the building so that the heat still gets to it. Yeah. But it's like that big tarpy tent to keep the heat in, you know? And you, you have that little, you know, continental complimentary breakfast on the in that conco- that that structure. Okay. Is that it? Just the breakfast? Like yeah, I love continental breakfast a lot. It's kind of my favorite part about being at a hotel. If the hotel doesn't offer continental breakfast, I'm gonna look for another hotel. I got some notes. Sure, but one time I'll tell you that I <laughs> I drove to Las Vegas, right? And they had a complimentary like, whatever you know, like uh, you know, continental breakfast. breakfast. Yeah, but it was like good for like yeah, you can grab a muffin, but then if you want like the full spread, it's five bucks. And I was like, are you shitting me? That sucks. Yeah, I got a few notes. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I'm working midnights. Yeah, I start driving at eight. I drive all the way through when I'm supposed to be sleeping. Yeah, dangerous. Okay, if I'm with someone for a year, they know how to drive. Uh huh. All right, that's got to be part of the stipulation. Uh huh. And then I wake up at eleven. That makes sense. I wake up in a panic and go, "Oh, I'm late for work. Ah, whatever. I'm gonna go smoke on the balcony." I see a man in a baseball hat. He wants to show me some pictures. Yeah. And so I go in his room. Do I, Chris? Do I jump the balcony, or do I leave my room and then go into his room? No, it's like uh, the doors go out to the balcony, kind of a thing. Like it's a shared balcony for all the floors. Kind of like a hotel room. How you like the yeah. door and the door? Yeah, like that kind of a thing. Yeah. Okay. Just go over into his room. It's right next door. But then you don't see him for the rest of the weekend. That's fishy, especially with all that talk about it being a bucket list thing. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. I'm still hung up on this. Okay, go on. So I see him on the balcony. It's a shared balcony. Yeah. Do I walk across the balcony into his room? Or do I go back through my hotel room, out the door, into his door? No, no, no. The doors are only on the outside there. That's the only way to get in. It's like on that shared balcony. Oh, okay. I get what you mean. Yeah. Um, I'm picturing like a... Like a big, like, skyscraper type hotel. I know what no, you mean. No, no, no. It's only, like, two stories. I so get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. You said it was a and b um, The outside tent things? Yeah. Hate them. Really? They're muggy. They're gross. Also, continental breakfasts end at, what, like, 645 in my <laughs> experience? Chris, I work midnights. I'm not waking up for that stuff. <laughs> but besides that, a few times I have had continental breakfast. Yeah, I love it. I love a good breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also, okay, well, it's 50-50. Not a huge breakfast foods guy. Most of my favorite breakfast foods are literally just, like, could almost be considered desserts. Like waffles, muffins, you know, stuff like that. Like, I don't really like it. Consider a waffle a dessert? A lot of the ways they get served, yeah. When they come with, like, all the sloppy, syrupy, strawberry, and covered in whipped cream and stuff. Syrup is, unless it's chocolate, syrup is exclusively a breakfast thing, my man. No, I'm talking about like the strawberry syrup. Like it gets oh. served in that oh. like you know, gunky yeah, no, stuff. Pass you know. all that. Yeah. Give me a waffle, put syrup, uh, yeah. maybe some butter on it. Give me some eggs. Yeah. I just, I, I love a good breakfast. All I'm saying is like with things like that and like French toast and stuff like that, or like there's a very fine line between that and basically being almost like a donut or something. Yeah, basically which is just a sugary bread. Which is technically a breakfast yeah. food, I think, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so yeah, you know, those are the things I kind of like. You know, I'm not huge on eggs. <laughs> 
Sorry, go on. What's so funny? I thought you meant like those are the things I kind of like when like in like the sense of like these are things that I love. Like, yeah, yeah. just breakfast, yeah. breakfast foods. No, not sugar huge on breads. Like I've never really been a big like bacon guy. Like I said, eggs have never really done it for me. Sausage links, they're fine. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not like even really huge on omelets or anything like that. Like uh, I've never really got the whole like excitement over like let's have breakfast for dinner because like I don't know, it's just not, you know. Really. You, what I, I do, sorry to go back to things that I hate. Okay. But when it comes to breakfast, yeah, I hate where it's like somebody wakes you up because they're like, hey, we made breakfast. Yeah. We're doing this nice thing for you. It's like, oh, that's very nice. But I wake up and I'm half asleep and I'm just shoveling down this <laughs> breakfast. Like, God, I wish I was still asleep. Yeah. Anytime someone's made me a breakfast, it's the kindest thing someone could do. So sweet. But oh, also, yeah. Exactly what you're talking about. I just woke up. So I'm literally eating this because you told me to eat it. Yes. That was not ready for breakfast. If you could have planned this a little bit better and made this two hours after I woke up, this would have been perfect. Yeah. The best breakfast is when you wake up after a night of just fucking partying. (laughs) Just getting flavor blasted with the homies, you know? And you wake up, you're all hungover in whoever's house. You're like, ah, blah, blah, blah. And you chit chat for a while. What happened last night? This and that. And then you all make your way to a diner. Yeah. And there you go and get breakfast. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, a diner. Just a shitty, shitty, awful, I would not want to go into that bathroom diner. Mm-hmm. Makes just the best breakfast in the world. This is true. This is true. Can you give me a, something you love? I think I just did. I like a diner breakfast after a night of getting flavor blasted with the boys. Well, shit. I guess we're settled up. <laughs> it's breakfast. The thing we both love is breakfast. Yeah. Very specific circumstance, circumstantial breakfasts. I'm going to give it a solid A. Yeah, I'd give my breakfast today as well. Yeah. What would you give lunch? Lunch? Yeah. All right, I'm going to have to take some back steps. <laughs> I think lunch is the best meal of the day. No kidding. I'm, I'm gonna a give dinner lunch boy. A, yeah, I get that. I want to eat big. But also for, I feel like lunch, you can eat whatever you want. Oh, yeah, anything qualifies as lunch. Yeah, if you have a bowl of golden grams for dinner. Yeah psychotic behavior yeah you have a nice big pasta for breakfast exactly yeah just insane lunch anything goes anything goes yeah you know what i love more than probably breakfast just a good sandwich yeah just a nice go to a deli go to a sandwich shop just get a a a sandwich best thing on earth yeah i mean you got lettuce you got a little bit of meat you got some mustard boom listen i'm a guy you know me i don't care too much about food even though we've been talking about how much we love these foods yeah if i could have all my food turned into like an astronaut drink yeah where i just have to drink some slop that has no taste three times a day that's my dream yeah but the fact that i get to have a a nice sandwich every once Mm -hmm. in a while makes it all worthwhile yeah you know i'm gonna say that's the crust to bear for me personally so i'm just over taking care of this body all the responsibilities i have for it you know like you're talking food three times a day yeah. Minimum? Oh, God. You and know? then, oh, my God. I gotta God. wipe my ass? This thing's dirty again? Yeah. Oh, my God. I have to clean my ears out? I have to clip my nails? I have to get haircuts regularly? I have to shave my face? There's so many different things that I gotta do to take care of this thing. These bones that protrude out <laughs> of the bottom of my skull? I gotta get I have to, ripped out? I have to rub them? I have to massage them with a special ointment yeah. three times a day? Oh, and then when the day's over... Uh, I gotta I gotta turn this thing off for a while. Sucks. 
Yeah, sleeping is a big. I don't want to eat. I don't want to sleep. I could take all the showers and all the the hygiene all day yeah. long if I didn't have to eat and I didn't have to sleep. That'd be the dream. And also, I'm just pissing. If I was a RoboCop, I didn't have to piss, eat, or sleep. Ugh. Yeah, but what does that feel like? Do you think you have feeling in the cold metallic casing that you're in, or I'd give it up. That's not true. Yeah, because there are do a lot think... of sensations that are nice. Do you Wink. Think... Yeah, hey. Hey, between you and me, yeah. Someone, anyone who's listening, stop listening right now. Chris, huh? Robocop, you think Robocop penis? It probably to procreate is the transfer of data, but that's what sex is. So maybe. Yeah, do you think? No, Robocop because DNA is data. I feel like does Robocop procreate? I don't think they'd put that in there. What a Robocop. Okay, where well, there's that one scene where he like hacks into the computer, and that spike comes out of his fist, and he shoves that in the computer. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's good for him. I think he's like, oh, I need this information, but also like, <laughs> but also like, no, everyone who's watching me, y'all don't know, but yeah, I'm super into this. I'm kidding. <laughs> Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Crumlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. Anyway, we watched a bunch of movies again. Yeah. Just a shitload of movies. Yeah. A whole two. Um, do you want to start with... I'm going to say we start with Indiana Jones. Okay. It's the second movie we watched, but I feel like we're going to have less to say about it, you know? Okay. Yeah. All right. Indiana Jones, The Temple of Doom. Number two. We skipped number one because we both thought, hey, I've seen Raiders a thousand times. Isn't it? Yeah. I've Maybe seen... we'll talk about it one day. Raiders. Oh, I hope so. Wow. Great movie. What Love a wonderful it. film. Yeah. Um, just to... to, to, to I, I feel like this might help set up our Temple of Doom conversation pretty well. Um Every time I've seen Raiders as an adult, I'm like, wow, wow. Because, like, a lot of it is just action scenes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of action scenes in movies, I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. It just, they either pass me by or they have cool moments where I'm like, oh, awesome. But I always come back to the fight with Indy and the guy in the plane. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Where the plane's, like, spinning in a circle and the two Mm -hmm. of them are fighting. It goes on for what feels like forever. And a whole story gets told in that fight. I'm like, wow. This movie is really special. And every kind of action scene in that movie is just masterfully done. And has there ever been a better villain for a story than Nazi? No, because it's true to life. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Great movie. 10 out of 10. We'll watch it soon. Uh, it's uh, uh, mail time. All right. Indy J and the TOD. Do. TOD. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Ain't it crazy that there's four whole Indiana Jones movies and only one of them is really, really good? Ain't it crazy that Steven Spielberg has directed, not a joke, 57 movies and only four of them are actually good? Makes you think. Four out of ten. What's your history with the Temple of Doom? Uh, I saw it as a child when I watched all the Temple, uh, all the Indiana Jones movies with my dad. Yeah. 
and I never saw it again. Mm-hmm. I really had no actual interest in Indiana Jones. Yeah. Till my eighth grade social studies teacher, shout mm-hmm. out Mr. Steffler, played Indiana Jones for us like the day before Christmas break, and I was like, Yeah. Oh, fuck. This movie's great. That belongs in a museum. Yeah. And yeah. then, just I'm sorry, I just have another fun Mr. Steffler story. It was great. And he was like, you like Indiana Jones? I'm like, yeah, this movie's awesome. He's like, oh, great. And uh, I remember when we came back from uh, Christmas break, it was like kind of like another blow-off day. And he was like, hey, over he break. run it back. And he was like, hey, hey Nick, over break. Uh, I like went through some stuff with my family at my mom's house. Uh, and I found some stuff that I think you'd really enjoy. Maybe a bullet. And he gave me just a whip. <sighs> no, and he gave me a bunch of mad magazines. Yeah. And, like, the one on the top was, like, the Indiana Jones one. And I just had a stack of mad magazines for You know where the term whippersnapper comes from? No. It comes from, like, the 1700s when, like, the like lazy, unemployed men would just stand around cracking whips to pass the time. That's great. I love that. Yeah. You know why a whip makes that sound when you do it? Sound barrier, baby. Yeah, sound barrier, baby. Yeah. Sorry, I got another anecdote. <laughs> I remember... This one time I broke the sound barrier. <laughs> this one time I ran so fast in track and Mr. Stuffler was watching. <laughs> no, um, I was staying the night at a friend's house. We slept in his living room because his room was very small. And I woke up in the morning and his dad was in the living room, like, on his computer, like, watching TV. And his dad saw that I was awake and he was like, ah, oh, you want, like a waffle or something and I was like oh you know I love breakfast yeah give me a waffle and he made me a waffle and we were watching some like weapons show that was just like on the history channel or some shit forged or something like that yeah and they were like doing a whole segment on whips and they were like after the commercial break do you know why a whip makes a cracking sound when you do it yeah we'll tell you after the break and I went oh because it's so fast it breaks the sound barrier and his dad goes no it's not yeah and I went yeah it is he goes no it's because it's hitting itself. And I went, no, it's so fast it hits the sound barrier. And he was a very crass father. And he went, no, you're dumb as shit. It just hits itself. And I went, oh, we'll see, Mr. My Friend's Dad. And then it came back. I was like, it breaks the sound barrier. I went, yeah. And he yeah. went, I'm going back to bed. And then he went back to bed because he was so mad. That's very funny. You got any more Indiana? Oh, that's right. Um, uh, no, I no. don't. I played the Lego games. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. I don't have a lot of Indiana either. Uh, Dad loves them. Saw them as a kid. Didn't really take me as a kid. I've literally never been a big indie head. Yeah? Yeah, no. I like Raiders a lot. It's a great movie. I just don't think that indie ever needed any sequels, which I guess is antithetical to the whole thing that I know it's supposed to, like, basically be, like, Steven Spielberg's love letter to like the serials that would play in the 30s yeah. before movies or whatever and obviously that lends very well to having multiple installments and stuff but I just I, I really don't think it needed anything else I don't yeah I haven't I have no memory of um, The Last Crusade yeah that one could be good we don't know yeah but I think it might be considered a little bit better than the second one because I think overall uh, most people are pretty like uh, that was okay about like Temple of Doom. There are some people it's got like cult status that obviously like love it and stuff. Yeah. But I mean the same could be said for Back to the Future too. I think there are some people who really like it, and the, the majority of people are kind of like, nah, it's not as good as the first one. You know. I mean, yeah, but the thing about Back to the Future two is Back to the Future two. They go to the future, and it's like, okay, we're doing the last movie, but it's the future now. And then when they come back from there, and he's like go, running through the first movie and stuff like that, and he's got the almanac, and he's trip tricking Butch and stuff like Butch. Um, Biff and stuff Buffy. like that. 
who's tricking Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I also had a lot of conversations with Mr. Staffler about. Um, <laughs> then it's like, oh, here's that Zemeckis gold. Yeah. Here's what I'm here for. Yeah. I don't think Temple of Doom has that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I would disagree. There's one thing I really like about that, but we can talk about that in a second. Okay. Um, otherwise, with the indie stuff... I might have put my foot in my mouth. I don't think I have anything else. Like I said, I really do genuinely think Raiders is a good movie. Um, and I just think this is a movie that, you know, didn't necessarily need any sequels. Another example. Alien did well. Aliens did well. Um, that should have stopped there, and probably Predator should have stopped after the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then they all they all went on to do more, and then the AVP thing, and then that made enough money that they all started making. Like, there were literally, like, three different Predator movies that they made, and like, between, like, 2011 and 2019 yeah. or whatever. You got Ghostbusters. You got Ghostbusters too. Yeah. What is it? What's a good? What Chris? What's your favorite sequel? Besides Empire. Favorite sequel. Besides Empire. Hmm. Because like, the obvious ones are Empire and Spider Man Two. Yeah. Well, we keep rifling them off. Spider Man Two not too long ago, and we liked Spider Man One more. Yeah. Well, you know, then that's the thing. I think my bias might be showing. I'm really not a fan of sequels. I don't really think. Yeah. Same. Anything needs but another go. I think like I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it while we're talking about this. Go for it. Show me a list. Yeah. Because we have this conversation frequently. Yeah. But also, it's one of those things where we always backpedal because we're like, we know that The Godfather Two is considered to be great. We're no Aliens is considered yeah. to be great. Yeah, yeah. Empire is considered to be great. So there are examples of it working. I'm just saying in general, I'm predisposed to like you don't you don't need a sequel. You just don't. Oh, I got two for you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I got two for me, and one for you. <laughs> okay. Uh. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, obviously. <laughs> and for me, fucking uh, Halloween Kills. Love yeah. that movie. Uh, the Dark Knight, it says here. Don't you like Batman Begins more, though? I do, I do. I actually yeah, really do. fucking nerd. Yeah, I do. Um, let me see. More items, please. All right, this comes to us from Screen Rant. It's just their, their list. Oh, Terminator 2, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, Star Trek, don't care. Terminator 2, though, again, like I said, great sequel, but I don't know that I prefer it over the Terminator. I think it's been too long since you've seen Terminator 2, then. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's one of those things where, like, I'm sure it's more fun, but, like, there's just something really special about that first Terminator. These fucking maniacs on screen, right? Put Toy Story 2. <laughs> Do you think it's not as good as the first one? No, absolutely not. It's been too long since I've seen that. Oh, I love this movie. So I heard I was having a conversation with someone the other day. They were like, "Yeah, I just hate hate the Toy Story movies." Yeah, I just don't understand that. Yeah, no diss. I remember the first two being good, but I'm gonna make a bold statement here. Don't even really think three needed to happen. Definitely got some oh, yeah? good cry out of it, and I think there were definitely emotional heart there that was really good. I don't think that's a bad movie. It's just again, I don't know that it needed to happen. Same thing with four. I think everybody agrees four didn't need to happen. Yeah, you know. but that was the thing about four. Is I remember when we were watching it, like I thoroughly feel up until the end, like even after I finished it, yeah. this movie did not need to exist. Great movie still. I yeah. I still really enjoyed it. Oh well, let's do a little movie news segment real oh, quick. Okay. I saw two separate articles talking about some interview James Cameron did with the Guardian. The first one had to do with uh, James Cameron saying that he's sick of trolls saying that they can't remember any of the names of the characters from the Avatar film. Have you ever seen the Avatar film? I have not. I have no interest. I fell asleep halfway through the first one. Uh, James Cameron, they are not trolls. Second one that I saw was James Cameron saying he better not hear anyone complaining about the Avatar being too long. The Avatar 2? 
Yeah, whatever the hell. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how long it's going to be? Nope. 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 It's probably going to be shorter than it takes for this fucking computer to load this page. We've talked about it, though, before we made our stance clear that, like, a hey, movies, and I, that's mainly a bit. There are plenty of very long movies we both enjoy. Yeah. If a movie's good, whatever. But also, I don't know. After both of those things bumped up together, it makes me think, James Cameron, you seem bitter. Yeah. <laughs> you seem very bitter. Um, I'm on this this Rotten Tomatoes page that's the best sequels of all time. All right. Uh, these give are, me some. It's one, there's 100 of them. Just give me some that stand out as like the good ones. These are just, I think they're just listing sequels. Yeah. Number 99, Halloween 2018. 98, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. 97, Back to the Future 3. 96, Star Trek 3. 95, Batman Returns. 94, The Conjuring 2. Like, they're just listing sequels. Mm-hmm. 93, Episode 3 of Star Wars. Yeah, just go through and tell me some ones that you think are like, oh, what about this one? You know, like ones that you think like, oh. Oh, how about this one? Number 90. Train Spotting 2. No thanks. Fucking, yeah. Definitely didn't need a sequel. Neither did the SLC Punk film. Scream 2? What the fuck is this list? I also don't think uh, Clerks needed any sequels. No. I haven't seen the trailer for the third one. I've heard I, good things. I watched it today and I nothinged it. Okay. But I, don't, I really did, did not like Clerks 2. Um, I'm, hey, Chris, just me and you talking here, if I'm being yeah. honest. I don't think I'm really that big of a fan of Clerks. Really? I haven't seen it in a very long time. Um, but the only Kevin Smith movie that I really generally love Jane is... Jane Silent Bob Strike Bank. Jane Silent Bob Reboot. No, um, Chasing Amy. Yeah. Um, okay, I went to the bottom of this page, so I started at number one. Paddington 2, I hear that's, like, arguably one of the best movies ever I've made. actually heard really good things about the Kung Fu Panda trilogy. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Really big things. Um, going up here, skipping through some numbers. Goldfinger, I don't think James Bond movies count. Toy Story 3, Godfather 2, Bride of Frankenstein, I agree with that. Oh, there we go. There's the, yeah, there you go. There's your answer. That's a yep. sequel that I like. Bride of Frankenstein and also Son of Frankenstein. Bad Max Fury Road, I like the movie quite a bit. Could not give a dog's shit about the other Mad Max movies um, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly Evil Dead 2 Evil Dead 2 there eh. you go yeah. it's good but, but it's not Evil Dead 1 yeah I like Evil Dead 1 more uh, Creed I don't know Creed's fine I also just nothing Mad Max in general Fury Road is yeah. a fun time but it's not like on the top of my mind if you were to ask me like what's movies I gotta see before I die at gunpoint I, I, I would probably bet money that I wouldn't think of that one but that, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way it's just not you know, definitely enjoyed the time we watched it in sepia tone or whatever the fuck, or black and, black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only time I've ever seen it. Though. Speaking of which, so they got Logan on here. I don't think that counts. I don't think that's a sequel necessarily. I, I no, it definitely like, is, but yeah. I think with like the superhero movies where there's like seventeen in the sequels. So of what the is that movies? like? Technically, the fourth X Men movie. Then is that what it's fourth? Like? No. no, I mean in that series. Yeah. No, you know I don't mean? think so. No. I think it's. I think there's X Men. Yeah. Two, three. Yeah. And then the Days of Future Past things exist in the same class. They're all the same. Okay. First class, Days of Future Past, Age of Apocalypse or something, or The Wolverine. That counts too. Okay. Yeah. um, Age of Apocalypse or whatever. And then the Dark Phoenix. So that's nine, I guess. X movies I can think of off the top of my head. Yikes. Yeah, that sucks. Logan's great though. We should watch Logan soon. 
And then, yeah, I don't feel like running through the rest of these. Dawn of the Dead, I'm going to run through the rest of these. Yeah, I didn't like Dawn of the Dead as much as I like Night of the Living Dead by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. I, it's I, neat. The concept is neat, but it, it almost has like a similar problem, in my opinion, to like, uh, you know, something like the Temple of Doom or other sequels where like it just feels like a snapshot of like if the zombie apocalypse was happening, this is just like a little window into like these people trying to survive, which is literally what it is. And uh, I probably sound like a fucking idiot just saying that, but like it just has such kind of like low stakes for me. Like I'm not, yeah, I didn't care at all. It just seemed like um, seemed like a very influential and like a groundbreaking and like trend setting in the sense that like the whole time I kept thinking about things like The Walking Dead. Like it, it is so that like yeah. just five people and you're just immediately like right in. Like these people got to get in this mall and barricade it, right? And I also like the twist. Like, there are things I like about it, but as a whole, like, I just, you know, like, the twist is that, like, a biker gang comes along and fucks it up for them or whatever. And, you know, that it ends up being a movie about how, like, again, it's super influential because it's, like, what every zombie movie has done kind of since is that, like, your biggest enemy in the zombie apocalypse is not the zombie but your fellow man. And it's got that cool line with the whole, like, when hell is, when hell fl- overflows, the, the, the dead will walk the earth or whatever. But, yeah, I don't know. I was very underwhelmed by that one. Yeah. You know? I get that. That's how I feel about Blade Runner 2049, which really? is also on this list. I haven't seen it yet. It's, I like Blade Runner a lot, though. I liked Blade Runner 2049 a lot, I think. Yeah. But it's, like, pushing three hours. Okay. So there's too much in there for me to, like... Ha- hang on to any of it you know yeah um and it has the same thing that blade runner has that we're always talking about is it's boring yeah and i always say that's what makes a bad movie but i think it works in blade runner's favor Mm -hmm. um but for three hours no it doesn't and then i guess the last one i'm gonna read on here is i think something we agree on agree on something we agree on that I think is, I'll say it, one of the cornerstones of our friendship is the second best Star Wars movie is The Last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, and it's on this list. Um, if you disagree with us, you're a big, um, how do I say this? You're a big uh, poopy pants baby <laughs> um, who doesn't understand Star Wars. So yeah, anyways, to clarify, because I know we just sounded like we just hate a bunch of stuff. Is it, is it, gonna, I, <laughs> it does. I do not argue that sequels are never good. I just yeah. say, I personally, nothing sequels. Like when someone says like, oh, they're making another this. I'm like, okay. And then I'll wait till someone says like, you really should watch that one. I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. And then, you know, sometimes it's really good. You know, Aliens, Godfather 2, whatever, you know. Halloween Kills. You know. But yeah, I don't know. I just like that. That's not enough to get me excited about a movie. I guess I get that, yeah. like, you know, it's like absolutely just because they're making another one. I'm like, okay. And listen, I know we've been talking a lot about things that aren't Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, but if I'm being honest with you, Chris, yeah, I was pretty checked out for most of this movie. Yeah, I can't tell you a lot about it. Um, what okay, I, what I I'll carry that weight, boy. Okay, what Paul I can style. what I can remember about it is the dinner scene. Which is horrifically racist. Mm-hmm. All these Indian people eat weird stuff because you, you, Christy, get it? They're foreign. Yeah. 
inform people eat weird stuff. They do. A la a snake filled with smaller snakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, eyeball soup and monkey brains. Yeah. Yeah. They shot this goddamn movie in India, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, how do you... There's not even any rice there. Yeah. I think... I know this might be... On the table, I mean, they eat rice there. Oh, yeah, no, there's for sure rice in India. Um, There's a... I think it's the Raiders. Um, Where does Raiders take place in? 40s. No, but like uh, ge- geographically. Oh, I think it's just uh, I can't remember very specifically, but it's it's Middle East. Wherever they were, everybody got sick. Like everyone on their production team got sick. Oh, I don't know where they actually shot. Yeah, that's. But what I'm pretty sure the movie is intended to be like Middle East. I think they shot like wherever it's intended to be. Okay. Um, and everybody got sick because it's you know one of those things where it's like, hey, if you travel, don't drink the water because your body's not used to it. Yeah. Um. And everybody got sick, like, even to the point where there's that great scene that gets aped in every other action movie ever, where that guy with the swords comes out and he's doing all the flashy tricks and, and he just pulls out his gun and shoots him and then walks away. Apparently, mm-hmm. like, the rumor, the, 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 the fable of that is that there was, like, a whole action scene planned out, but Harrison Ford was very sick that day, so he just did that, and everyone's like, oh, that was great, that was hilarious, yeah, we'll keep that. And everybody except for Steven Spielberg got sick. Because before they flew over, Steven Spielberg was like, oh, no, I'm bringing a couple months supply of SpaghettiOs, and that's all I'm going to eat. I may be wrong, but they do a lot of traveling in this one. They're in Nepal, then they go to Cairo. Anyways. Well, that's something I'll give Indiana Jones. I think it's the first move, first set of movies to do it, but I love it every time they do it. The shots were whenever they travel, and it's the map, mm-hmm. the little plane going with the red dots behind it. Classic. Can't yeah. beat it. Um, so the Temple of Doom, uh, I will say overall, my expectation was this, um, I've heard good things a la, it's like kind of cult status for the people who are like, no, it's pretty good. Um, it's, it was considered to be too dark at the time. I read a little bit that it was part of the reason why the PG-13 rating came about, you know, stuff like that. So my expectations were a little bit high. Uh, I will say it starts out. I love the beginning where Indy's just doing whatever he does and he's selling, you know, an artifact to a couple of gentlemen in like a Japanese nightclub and they double cross him and then they double double cross him by poisoning him and they're like, ha 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 ha, we have the anecdote. And then sort of all hell breaks loose. Uh, Like Indy has a friend there, he's a waiter and he shoots one of the guys, but then I also love this, the champagne bottles go off and uh, one of the, the, the gentlemen that double crossed Indy is able to shoot Indy's friend and then sort of like a mad dash kind of thing happens where like balloons fall and Indy's trying to get his hands on the anecdote he doesn't even care about the original double crossing of not getting the diamond that he was intending to exchange for the artifact that he stole and also the singer in the band is involved for some reason and she's trying to get the diamond because she's like cartoonishly cartoonishly a gold digger in this film like unbelievable cranked up to 11 like spinal tap levels of like you know like to jump forward a bit they're like in they're in the main like bad guys underground cave headquarters and he's talking about like yes the, like they're eavesdropping on him be like yes the stones uh child labor and like are ruling the entire world and these stones are full of diamonds and she goes diamonds like it's like out of control that in that moment of like yeah. him talking about like doom and gloom and like child that she would go diamonds and like yeah. it's just 
I guess that was supposed to be funny, but like it was to me, it was more like God. Ugh. Yeah, more than once in this movie, something happens, and she goes, "Oh, I broke a nail." Yeah, but like another example is like the Maharaja is like twelve, and she's like, "Is he taking a wife yet?" She doesn't know it yet. But then after that, after she finds out he's only twelve, she's still like, "Oh, I'm gonna be his wife." You know. Yeah. But anyways, I feel go. like for sure. Yeah. I, listen, I'm not a historian. Yeah. But I'm going to say this movie came out, and then collectively women were like, hey, we got to start doing We got to, the feminist movement has to start happening. <laughs> All right. Um, so, anyways, so, anyways, this, uh, then, like, there's a whole point where a guy comes out with a Tommy gun, and Indy has to, like, cut down a big old gong thing, and that's awesome. With the, you punch a lady. You literally see, like, the bullet holes dents start to appear in the gong. He does punch a woman, which is the first major offense. Indy commits. I know it's accidental because he's all like poison or whatever, but this is objectively a film where Indiana Jones punches both a woman and slaps a child. <laughs> Does he not? I, I feel like he punches the child. I think he slaps short round, but he could punch him. Either way, not that different. I thought it was a different kid. I think he punches no, a different round. kid. No, it's short round. He might slap short he's round, right, but I think he is. punches another kid. He could. But anyways. That's also why we watch this movie. We're on a big uh, short round kick. Um, oh, so disrespectful. I should look up his name. Go on. <laughs> But yes, uh, so the gong thing happens, and then they jump out of a window, and they fall through a couple of like awnings, and then into a car, uh, which is uh, being driven by Short Round. And here, so all up until that point, great. And uh, love Short Round. The stuff's great. Yeah, he's dressed like Indiana Jones. He uh, he's always dressed like Indiana yeah. Jones. But I meant in this scene, he's dressed like James Bond. Yeah. So they slide past the Obi Wan Cafe. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Uh-huh. I always forget that George Lucas is heavily involved in these movies yeah. as well. Um, short Round, love him. That's one of the strengths of this uh, movie, and we'll talk Key about that more. Key is his name. That is true. In this film, his name's also Short Round. So it's Kihi Kwan. Kihi Kwan. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, Short Round um, is driving the car. Uh, they are still in pursuit. The guys are after Indy still. Uh, they're shooting at the car. Indy drinks the anecdote, uh, hands the gun over uh, to Willie, and it's too hot, so she actually throws it out the window. Then he's like, where's my gun? Um, and you also get the first, like, short round clip, uh, quip where, like, you know, he's, like, feeling around in her shirt for the anecdote. Um, and he's like, Dr. Jones, we got company. No time for love. Um but anyways, they end up getting to the airport, which is their scheduled, like, uh, their scheduled, um, but anyways, it's their scheduled, like, departure point, and, uh, Lau pulls up, and he's like, so long, Lau, and then he closes the door, and it's actually, like, his name's on the fucking yeah. plane or whatever. Also, that part's good. I just love, just, uh, let's get, I'd love to give flowers to Harrison Ford real quick. Yeah. Just so good. So long, Lau. Yeah. Just his, like, your impression that you just did right there is better than mine, but yeah. it's just something about his voice. And, I like, know. It belongs in a museum. That's so good. Yeah. Um, and every time I see a picture of him, like, you, sometimes you see pictures of celebrities just, like, in their day-to-day life back in, like, the 70s or the 80s. Yeah. They're just wearing, like, sweaters or whatever. Every time I see one of Harrison Ford, I'm just like, just, just the best-looking man to yeah. ever exist. Ugh. So, anyways, they get onto the airplane. Got and- his job in Star Wars because he was known around Hollywood because he was a carpenter. True. Who would make you hot tubs that you could <laughs> stash your dope inside of. <laughs> 
Uh, but Lau like uh, gives a little signal to the pilots, and the pilots signal back, and then you're you get like a slight reprieve, but barely. They talk on the airplane a little bit, like she's like Willie's like you can't take your eyes off me, and he takes his hat off and covers his eyes with his hat or whatever. But then, hot, you know, basically the the pilots are parachuting out, and then Indy, you know, Willie wakes up, Willie wakes up, Indy, and she's like you're not a plane, fly a plane. He's like uh no do you and then he realizes that the fuel is out or whatever so they decide to float you know blow up at an inflatable mattress how hard or could it be yeah and they jump out of the airplane on the inflatable mattress and they slide all the way down the hill or whatever into india and i don't know how long that is all of that was objectively cool but i was pretty we're crashing <laughs> but i was pretty tired by this point i was like damn when's it gonna like let up a little bit uh it doesn't really yeah, I was trying to draw, like, thumbnails for our YouTube channel and stuff like that, and I kept looking up, and I was like, still going, huh? <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, the intro is exhausting, mm-hmm. um, and I, I mean that both ways, in a good sense and a bad sense. That goes on for a long time. Yeah, because it feels like all that restaurant stuff happens. Yeah. And they get into the plane, and then he puts a hat over his eyes, and it's like, okay, cool, scene over. Yeah. And then they wake up, and the pilots are gone. It's like, oh, no, I guess technically yeah it's this scene still yeah yeah so that goes on a little too long then they're floating down the river in india and a gentleman shows up and uh takes indy and co to their village um and this is a scene that 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 some people also take umbrage with uh because it Mm -hmm. in their opinion portrays india as just an impoverished beggar filled land um but anyways, uh, they speak with the uh, leader of this community, and the you know they basically like we need to go to Delhi. I've got a class to teach, and he's like, no, 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 no. You're gonna go over to here because our stone was stolen, and there's like an ancient cult that's coming back, and they like you know rip people's hearts out and keep child slaves, and you've got to they stole the children from our village kind of a thing. And so Andy's like, you know what? I'm on it. I know about this stone because I'm a professor, and I'm gonna get the stone back for the greater good, mm. right? Um, you also get a scene where like one of the kids like escapes and comes to the village and Indy holds him, you know, or whatever. But anyways, they go to the Maharaja like temple or whatever. Uh, and that's where you get the dinner scene and stuff like that. They meet the Maharaja, all that kind of stuff. Uh, monkey brains, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, then also apologies. We're recording this on July 6th and for our international listeners, uh, fireworks happen for like the next two months so there's gonna be fireworks in the back of this episode we're very sorry um they then retire for the evening after having a pretty tense conversation indy uh kind of presses the maharaja's like right hand man about how like hey do you know anything about some missing stones and he takes kind of offense to that um as we mentioned before willie is in gold digger mode wants to marry the 12 year old boy um i think think what i did blaze past perhaps is on the way to delhi we get all that stuff with them riding the uh the elephants and whatnot and um you know willie's trying to like put perfume on the elephant because it's stinky etc etc uh my favorite scene in this whole movie is ruined by willie in my opinion yeah yeah because they try to do this bit over top of it where she's a girl so the forest is spooky so she just screams her head off for like five minutes straight and, you know, cause she's like, I'm a girl. And it's, in my opinion, a little too over the top. But the whole time underneath that, Indian short round 
are having a great little bonding time where they're playing, yeah, they're cards. playing cards. Yeah. Yeah. And short like, round's like, cheating, you're cheating, doctor. you got five cards. And he's like, ah, short round, what's this? And he pulls an ace out of short round sleeve. And he's like, you're big, I'm little, you know, you're cheating, not going to cheat it, you know, that kind of stuff. Very cute. Um, but like I said, I just, I don't care for, uh, like Willie being like the comedic relief in the sense that she's like, I'm a prissy girl. Like, yeah. As you were saying earlier, like, you know, women's rights thing or whatever. Yeah. It's and, just uh, like tacky, low hanging fruit kind of a thing to have the girl be like, Oh, I got to put perfume on this elephant. Like, yeah. Do you want to know a fun fact I was reading while we were watching this movie? Huh? This movie was made, came out in 1985, I believe. Okay. 1985. This actress, can't remember her name. I'll call her Willie. Is in this movie. That year, Steven Spielberg gets married. Five years later, gets divorced from that movie, from that woman. And one year later, marries Willie. So. You thinking there was some overlap? I think there was exclusively overlap, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, like I said, we're back at the, the, the temple and everybody's retiring for the night. Uh, Willie wants to bang, but she's doing that like, you know, that's my biggest problem. She's just loud the whole time. Um, I get that's it. That's her whole character. She's like, because ah, I get it. They're like trying to do that whole like pre-Madonna thing with her because she's like a singer who's used to a certain lifestyle. But again, like I said, you know, I, I just, I don't think it ended up working very well. I wish they would have just made her a little bit more of an agreeable character with different character flaws. Uh, but anyways, so her and Indy do the will they, won't they thing. You know, there's the nice, whatever. She wants to get f- porked, and Indy wants to do the porking. Uh, but <laughs> that's true. Indy then uh, an assassination attempt is made upon his life, and he has to struggle past that while Willie's outside saying, "I hope you, you know, enjoy missing the biggest, you know, making the biggest mistake you ever." You ever made uh you ever made uh in your life or whatever you know you missed the best pork and you're ever gonna pork in your whole pork in life. Uh, he kills the guy, strangled to death. Going, yeah, I want a pork. Then he comes into the room. He's looking for another assassin, but she's the whole time like, "Oh, Indy, come on, pork, pork me in my pork meat sandwich." And uh, uh-uh. <laughs> I don't. And then uh, Indy fondles a statue, finds a hidden uh, compartment full of cockroaches, and then finds the secret spooky island underground cave where... Take this pork stone statue. (laughs) Yeah. Sandwich. The Kalima man is is doing his whole thing and rips a heart out and yada, yada, yada. That shit was pretty heavy. That shit all looked great, too. Yeah. Indy steals the stones after everybody leaves, but he hears all the children getting whipped and he wants to free the children. They get caught. You know, they feed Indy some juice or whatever. By this point, you were fully checked out. And I was about 50% checked out. And uh, they talked to, like, some children prisoners about how the juice works before that a little bit. Fun, and then, fun facts. When Indy's getting whipped, yeah. I think this is where we are in the movie. Yeah. You can find a deleted scene where when the whip whippers, the whippersnappers come in to whip them, uh, instead of the whippers, it is, ooh, some actress whose name I can't remember uh, and Carrie Fisher come in and start nice. whipping him. And he's like, "Oh no, no!" And then, <laughs> like some, like the assistant director comes in and he's like, "What the fuck? Get the fuck out of here! We're doing, we're working. This is a job. You guys can't be doing this." Yeah, shit. that's very funny. So, anyways, now Indy's a mindless zombie, and they're lowering Willie into molten hot lava. And short rounds trying to wake up Indy. Short round gets smacked. He burns Indy to wake went Indy up. Indy then gives him a little wink, like, I'm awake, kid, or whatever, and uh, they, you know, do whatever, they do hero stuff, 
and they save Willie and stuff, and then they like take the you know the the stones, and then there's kind of a recreation of like the the plane scene you're talking about where he yeah. fights a guy who's way too strong for him. And at the same time, uh, the Maharaja is doing like voodoo doll stuff to him, and Short Round goes up there and handles him. And there's nice parallels between like Indy doing a bunch of manly punching and Short Round doing little boy punches or whatever, and yada yada yada. And then eventually they free all of the children slaves and they run through the streets, and uh, they end up on a bridge and they're surrounded with the swords and the Kalima gentlemen, and then uh. <laughs> You Call know. you my gentleman. And Indy like cuts the thing after telling short round and uh, Willie to like grab on, you know. And then they're hanging and stuff. A and everybody falls. Dies. Yeah. And uh then they get away and everything's all good. They give the stones back, right? Yeah. Roll credits. That's the movie. Yeah. Um overall I would just say um yeah, not as good as Raiders for me. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know? Um, there, like I said, there are things I like. I like that opening. I like um, Indian short rounds relationship a lot. Oh yeah, it's the best part of this movie. Yeah, I wish that um, that would have gone on longer. I mean, that would have been perhaps even if you had to do an Indiana Jones four. Like, where the fuck did you mean five? Yeah, no, I mean the four, the one with like Shia LaBeouf or whatever. Like, I get that that's like his kid or something like that, but I don't want Shia LaBeouf to be his kid. Yeah, you're right. It should have been short key. Round. Yeah. 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 Which is also weird to think about because Temple of Doom is a prequel to Raiders. Yeah. So where is Short Round? What happened to Short Round? Yeah. Where did Short Round go? Because I was thinking about that. There was actually a point in the movie where I was like, did he die or something? Is that why he wasn't in any of the other movies? Or... Hey, you know what I just thought about? Huh? They're currently filming Indiana Jones 5. And you know who's not going to be in it? You know who could be in it? But it's not going to be. How do you know that? There's no way. He just... It's because he was... He stopped acting after Goonies. Yeah. And he's an actor again now. Yeah. Oh, Chris... He And he's on fire. Everyone's talking yeah. about him. There's no way Short Round's not an Indiana Jones I could see it. them calling him in for a cameo, but I'm telling you, yeah. I don't think they wrote that movie with, like, Short Round in mind. Oh, of course yeah, not. Yeah. But he might show up, and I'll go... <laughs> I just threw a fist in the air. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, interested in seeing The Last Crusade. Um... Yeah, I don't know. This one, uh, yeah, just feeling pretty lukewarm on. Like I said, I don't think, like, it's just lacking, like, some form of cohesiveness that Raiders has. Yeah. Know? It just seems so stringed, like, strung along. Like, I, I remember reading an excerpt of a review at the time of someone, like, gl like glowingly being like, this is literally the 15-part serials of the 30s and 40s with that Hollywood polish. Like, this is the pinnacle of what that could be and i agree but 15 part serials smashed together doesn't equal good movie yeah and it doesn't like that's how i would describe raiders yeah i know that's the thing also it's the but weird better. like yeah like it's yeah. like the weird the rock and a hard place that i'm stuck in is like in my opinion this is an example of it not like just lacking something to make me kind of care i guess like nothing works fun or exciting about this movie in my opinion from the sh stuff i retained yeah well like, i told you the two things that i thought were fun which was the card game and the opening yeah and that's all i pretty much got out of it as well yeah like i my sentiment on this movie are is exactly what you said when it was over it finished and i was like oh god i don't remember a lot of what i just watched mm -hmm. and you went 
that was boring. Like I, I, I keep coming back to aside from him fighting the guy in front of the plane in Raiders, like there's that scene where he's like crawling around the Jeep, like while there's that chase going on. Mm. And like, just like reading like behind the scenes stuff where like those Jeeps are driving. And like, I think at a point like Indy's like hanging off the front of it and like maybe climbs under the bottom and then up around the back. You know what I'm Uh. saying? And they like dug up like miles and miles and miles of a trench that that car drove over mm-hmm. so that the stuntman could crawl under the car without touching yeah. the ground. And just, like, I can't think of anything that cool that would have happened in this movie. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like after watching this and the Goonies, a couple of things have been shattered for me. One of them is, like, perhaps we're wrong about the 80s. and We're not, though. Okay. All because, right. okay, because, okay. I, because, listen, we ha- we still, Chris, we still have Ghostbusters. We still have Back to the Future. We still have Raiders, you yeah. know? We still have other movies that we've talked about that I can't, that I can't think, think of right now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. We've got Terminator. Thing, we've yeah. got Aliens. I'm going to come out and say it. I don't know if I'm that big of a Spielberg fan. Yeah, that was uh, my favorite part of the letter that we wrote. Uh, yeah. That we, oops, ooh, that we read. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't. I know people are always going on about yeah. Jurassic Park. I don't think I've ever seen Jurassic yeah. Park. Like this is gonna get me crucified, but like I don't, I really don't care about Jaws. Yeah, we were talking about that not too long ago. I'd like yeah. to rewatch Jaws soon. I wouldn't mind, but like um, I said, yeah, I just watched it as an adult with my partner, and the whole time I was like, yeah, but when's like the movie start? Like, when do I like, you know, yeah? Because like, let me give you a basic rundown: Sheriff at beach, big party coming for the city, but also big shark. Sheriff talks to mayor, says, hey can't have big party at beach because big shark Mm -hmm. and he says no big party is big money then a scientist comes and they go out on the boat once they have a boat to try to kill the shark because they're like we got to kill the shark because he's not going to cancel the party even though people keep dying and they're on the boat for a long time it feels like at least in my experience black eyes doll's eyes doing nothing just kind of waiting waiting for shark then shark attacks destroys boat but they also destroy Big shark, and then a uh, main guy, and I think one other, maybe it's a scientist or whatever, they float off uh, into the, you know, credits, basically. Yeah, I think, I, I think again, talking out of my ass, I haven't seen that many, but I think, like, the way the Spielberg track record goes is, yeah, you get that what First, you get that episode, that pilot of Columbo, which is just oh, chef's kiss. Oh, which is Just chef's kiss. So good. Oof. And then you get Jaws, and that's regarded by a lot of people as when we figured out how to end movies. Mm -hmm. And then after that, every movie kind of follows the Jaws formula of a beginning, middle, and then a satisfying end, and then credits. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, you get, like, indie, or you get Raiders, and you get E.T., which captured the... or I don't was E.T. or Jurassic Park first? Doesn't matter. E.T. first. Jurassic Park is until the 90s. You get E.T., which captures everybody's imagination yeah. and hope and wonder. And I can't remember E.T., so I can't give a, a, a solid opinion on it right Neither now. Neither can I. I don't remember it at all since I was a kid. But. And then you get Jurassic Park, which is a movie that I th- everyone says holds up until today, like visually and stuff like that. Like the, the, the dinosaur effects still look good and stuff like that. Yeah. And what, like Third Counters? Third Encounters, right? There was also Poltergeist in there. Polter- Did he direct Poltergeist? No, he like wrote the thing and Toby Hooper directed it. That's what it is. Yeah. He And then from then on, his name is on a lot of things, including the Goonies. Mm-hmm. 
where people are like, oh, yeah, Spielberg production, that means movie magic. Yeah. That means it's a movie that you're going to... Great marketing. Yeah. Really great marketing. But I think I for the like most such part... such a young punk just being like, oh, those classic movies old people like, they Exactly, suck. I hate it. I, I hate, hate it. it. Yeah, I really I hate, hate myself it. for what I'm saying. But, but like, yeah, it's like I said, yeah, Jaws was shattered for me when I watched that second time. I was like, damn, this isn't that good. And now Temple of Doom, same thing where I'm like, yeah, eh, yeah, I'd rather watch Raiders. I would just really rather watch Raiders. Yeah, it's like it, 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 um, I don't know. Like, again, I, Steven Spielberg has directed fucking 60 movies. Mm-hmm. So I can't say this with all confidence, but it feels almost like the George Lucas effect where people are always going on about George Lucas of like, oh man, how could he have created this, this world? and just changed media and science fiction for the rest of time. And it's like, well, George Lucas um, got, uh, in my opinion, I think extremely lucky and found a great team of people to help him do that. And then a couple other people directed the next two Star Wars movies, and then he put his foot in his mouth for the next three and then sold it. (laughs) Overall, I think I have to give Raiders like a C+. Yeah, I'd give it a, a C minus yeah. D. Is D your final answer? D plus is my final answer. D plus is your final answer. Yeah. What do you think? Because we're going to watch. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to watch another Indiana Jones relatively well not only that uh, I think now we've 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 been so disrespectful we have to watch a few more Steven Spielberg movies yeah oh absolutely you know to kind of yeah that's what we should have done we should have done Summer of Spielberg I mean Chris Summer's just getting going the night is young baby (laughs) All right, you heard it here first it's the Summer of Spielberg each week not both movies but at least one of them will be a Steven Spielberg film hey Summer's short it might be two a week but (laughs) at at some point we might do two but you want to do Raiders or Temple of Doom next we just did Temple of Doom so let's do Raiders or The Last Crusade I mean Uh, let's do Raiders Okay, good. Do Jaws. Just any of them. Oh, no, no, no. For sure. I mean, Indiana Jones next. Yeah. Um, Yeah, let's do Raiders. Because I don't want to. I don't want to watch Temple of Doom and then that also be bad. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Not looking forward to Indiana Jones 5. No. Not at all. You ever see Ready Player One? Nope. You shouldn't. You're never going to. I saw it in theaters. It's bad. There's a whole scene inside of The Shining. Hey, I'll tell you what, I'm never going to see the Avatar either. Yeah. And I, I, when I hear people talk about the movie, they're like, oh, it's super cool. Like, there's a whole scene. It's insane. They do it, like, inside of the movie The Shining. And it's bad. <sighs> God. I wanted to start on a positive note, and this has just been so negative. Yeah, we, we got all the positive shit out of the way at the beginning. Yeah. But that's fine, because we're going to talk about one of your favorite movies in <laughs> the entire world right now, The Goonies. That's really pushing it. A Steven Spielberg presents a film yeah. by Richard Donner, the director of Superman, which we should also watch soon. What's your also, history with the Goonies? Also starring Kihi Kwan, the Goonies. My history with the Goonies is my entire life I've heard people go, mm, boy, the Goonies. Yeah. And I watched it when I was a child and I thought, oh, that girl in that movie is cute. And then I saw it as an adult and I was like, not a huge fan of the Goonies, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. And I've been getting crucified for it ever since. <laughs> Mail time. All right. And then we'll hear your history with the Goonies. The Goonies. Wow. 
What? It's a long one. Oh, yeah? The Goonies. I've been thinking a lot about Jack and the Beanstalk as of late. I have memories of holding a big dusty book my grandmother kept at her house that she'd break out when she needed to shut me up for a bit. The only thing I'd read from it was obviously Jack and the Beanstalk. Like it was meant to do, the tale of Jack and the Beanstalk filled my little brain with magic and fantasy and wonder. I pored over it countless times, never tiring of it, never losing interest in Jack or the giant or that goose that pooped gold. That part was my favorite. A few weeks ago, I heard someone say in passing, it's just like the end of Jack and the Beanstalk when the giant falls out of the sky and dies. Eyes. And I thought, what? That's not how that ends. It ends with the, in the end, Jack, after the goose lays the egg with the, uh, huh. Shit. I actually had no memory of how Jack and the Beanstalk actually ends. I remember the beans, the Jack, the stalk, the giant, and his goose, and the way I felt reading it as a child, and the way it filled me with wonder and joy. How could I have such love and reverence for something, but not remember any of the specifics or its disappointing ending? The Goonies is 5 out of 10. Higher than the Temple of Doom. Turns out, yeah. Yeah. Chris, what's your history with uh, the Goonies? Um, It's something akin to the Iron Giant in terms of just being like, uh, as a kid, watched it all the damn time to this day, much like Jack and the Beanstalk. Uh, anytime I think about like the beginnings of fall, like not quite Halloween yet, I always think about just, you know, Astoria you know, Maine, and, and then just a rainy, rainy night uh, with, you know, a bunch of kids on bikes running around getting into a, an adventure. You know what I mean? And uh, also, media in general is always trying to evoke exactly the Goonies. Hugely influential film, you know, things like Super 8 or Stranger Things. Yeah. Always trying to recapture that Goonies magic. Um and yeah, I think, you know, before we even get into it, uh, you know, no, all jokes aside, you know, it's a pretty, it's a good letter. It is Yeah. Yeah. Um, because that's, it, it pretty much sums up how I felt about the Goonies. I still love and revere the Goonies, but actually seeing it as an adult, it reminds me of something that a uh, close friend and, 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 and listener, uh, Will, uh, said about Dexter's Lab the other day. Talking about cartoons for some reason. Can't remember exactly how we got in the subject, but he was like, I would rather Dexter's Lab or whatever. Like, that was just an example. I would rather Dexter's Lab exist in my head the way that it is rather than yeah. taint it by seeing it as an adult kind of a thing. Like, I'm sure I'll have a much better time just enjoying what I think Dexter's was. Yeah. Know, Dexter was. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's like the best way for me to put the Goonies is like, I still am filled with wonder and joy and stuff by the things I remember about the Goonies, but actually sitting through it, um, there is, a, you know, there's, there's definitely like, you know, just something that's not there for me now. And I, I get think that, it's yeah. primarily that the film is not as sound as other films yeah are <laughs> and if i'm being honest i'm sorry to hear you say this because for our entire friendship i've been like hey the goonies blows ass and yeah. you're like what no yeah and then we watched it the other night and you're like yeah yeah but yeah no i feel it's the every time i hear someone talk about the goonies it's the same way i feel about um space jam yeah i would space jam all the time as a kid never saw it and i have so much love for it yeah and even when i watch it now yeah but even but when i watch it now i'm like this is a bad movie. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, 
you know, I feel like people, people get so hung up when you're like, oh, I didn't like that, or oh, that was bad, or whatever, like, forget that I didn't like a thing, or oh, that was bad. Things can be bad, and I like them. I like oh, bad absolutely, things. Oh, yeah. I love bad things. Chris, like, we both I love Halloween, the... too. <laughs> Rob Zombie's Halloween, too. But, uh, yeah, I just feel like if I were to relay the plot, which I will in a second, to you of the Goonies, the whole time I'd be, like, filled with wonder, and I'd be like, yeah, like... You know, there's a the the, the town has been bought by a, a couple of very wealthy white men who are going to level the whole thing and turn it into a, you know, a golf course. And all of these kids experience something that's very near and dear to what I at least what I feel like in my heart. The thing I can relate to the most is like they have to leave. They have to leave the place they knew. All of their friends are going to split up. All that kind of stuff. You know, my entire childhood, uh, I only went to the same school like consecutively, like maybe three times. Yeah. Yeah, like I, you know, maybe in grade school there was a couple of years back to back where I went to the same school. Uh, in middle school there were a couple of years where I went back to back sixth and seventh, and then I moved. And then high school, I went to a high school, and then I spent the last three years in another high school, kind of a thing. So constantly my life was uprooted. Like I never got acclimated to like a social circle and like what long term friendship looks like, you know, and stuff like that. And I was always. You know, I always felt like I was on the out, you know. Yeah. I, I, I would I would go to a place and they would have an established friend group who had been friends since, like, kindergarten and stuff. And, you know, their parents knew each other and they were allowed to go spend the night anywhere they wanted. And, like, my parents were always the ones that were, like, got to be home at 8 or whatever. And, like, you know, then the divorce happened and it was always one of those things where, like, on the weekend it was, you know, like, you know, dad being like, hey, I mean, I don't ever get to see you, like, you know, come over. So I just kind of, like was like, well, I guess, you know, no after-school friends thing because, one, mom's too strict, and two, you know, got to see dad on the weekends, you know, so um, well, I got off the rails there. Bye, well, dad. no, no, <laughs> I, I love that. I love that you told me that. I've never heard you put it in that context before, but that makes perfect sense yeah. that this movie is like Sean Astin going, hey, if we can find this pirate treasure, yeah. what happened to Chris cannot happen to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so they're hanging out. Their mom's trying to pack up the whatever. Uh, I, you know, here's something else I love. I love Josh Brolin and Sean Astin's relationship. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it was yeah. the one thing I liked about this movie. Yeah. Probably is he's not. They're the, rough. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, you were saying they're like feel like a legitimate real life older brother younger brother relationship. Yeah, it's where not they, like in movies where like get the fuck out of here, you fucking weirdo. You know. Like, yeah, and he's like, I, I like I my memory and like assumption of this movie is always that like Josh Brolin was like on the trail after them because he's going to beat up his little brother because he's going to get him in trouble. He's like, no, you're my little brother and I'm in charge of you so I have to make sure that you're safe. Yeah. Yeah, but he's still like picking on him it's and stuff like loving. that. It's very loving. It really is. Yeah, it's, it's like, great. It's the, one of the most believable like brother relationships I've seen in a movie. Very true to life. Just that thing where for no particular reason you're mean to this person you're super close yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the same breath... You know, there's like even a scene where like the white men who are rich leave and like they just hold each other on the the porch for a second. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, long story short, they fuck around in the uh, attic after they break the statue, the dick off the statue. My mom's here a piece. Good, that's a good bit. <laughs> also, I love honestly. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm a sucker for kids say the darndest things. Every time Chunk goes, oh shit, it's very funny to me. I'll <laughs> listen. The my biggest biggest thing about this movie is most child actors yeah suck yeah and i hate them uh-huh. <laughs> and listening to them talk really and i think this movie is no exception i okay. don't like any of these kids interesting because i felt a little bit the opposite like i definitely felt like sean austin got the chance to do what he does and 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 cory got the chance to do what he does uh i even feel like our boy key 
uh, did really good. And I both just, of these movies, and both Short Round and this one, I, I still like. Oh, yeah. I feel like the He's way that he acts sure, is very yeah. similar to like how he acts now. Like it's it's like the primordial soup that bred oh, the great just, actor. It's just that voice too. Yeah. He's got such a like distinctive voice. It's yeah. great. But even like manner of speaking, like he speaks yeah. with such passion. But like every other kid in this movie, I think it's just like, oh hey, geez, Mrs. Robinson. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh damn. Yeah. Oh, we gotta get out of here. Yeah. And I just can't see a chunk. Mm-hmm. And I just hate all these kids. Oh, I like I, Chunk. I think maybe Corey Feldman might be the most annoying one. But anyways, um, Sean Aston, I just like all the time when he's just like, I know it's annoying and it's exactly what you don't like, but I love that he's like frequently out of breath when he's passionately talking about something and he just keeps going like, and then, and then. It's very nice. Fills me with a childhood wonder. But anyways, uh, they basically go around upstairs and they fuck around with the, the, the dad's expensive stuff and they find the map and they decide like, hey, we're going to look for this treasure. Yeah, right this is like my biggest... I was taking notes during this movie, and I think I took the most notes during this bit. Yeah. They go up to the attic. Dad's got a bunch of shit, a bunch of pirate shit, but also inside of all that pirate shit is A, a child-sized pirate jacket that fits Chunk perfectly, and a bunch of, like, shit that, like, a bunch of stuff from Spencer's Gifts. Mm-hmm. Like those weird electricity balls and stuff like that. That doesn't fit the pirate motif. And then all the exposition to get this shit going in this movie comes from, I think, three different times in the scene. Somebody knocks over a framed picture and goes, oh, hey, look at this. It's yeah. a pirate map. Oh, hey, look at this. It's a news article. Yeah. I will say if I was making a better Goonies, I would try to do more of like a without a paddle thing where like this group's already obsessed with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um... So there's a problem. Um, anyways, so they decide to tie up Brent or Brant or whatever his name is and fuck Gosh. off. I also love that they <laughs> deflate his tires or whatever because Sean Aston gets that moment where he's like, he got like 57 laws to pay for that thing. This was prized possession. He's like, now it's his most flattest possession ever, which is whatever. But I do like, again, because of the relationship, Sean mm-hmm. Aston being like, this is the only thing he cares about, you know. So anyways, they're off and... Uh, you get the first Stranger Things moment. They all take off down the road, and they all look very distinctive. It is genuinely like a striking image, like the yellow coat and the red coat and the blue coat, and they're on their bikes and stuff like that. Like, as soon as they're on that, like, cliff, like, you know, on that backdrop of just them standing there, like, costume design, on point. It's very, like, that bland, neutral, but not in a bad way, just, like, classic, just... The, the same way that Stranger Things looks, where the kids are just wearing clothes. Yeah, no, if I can take a brief aside, I yeah. think that's what is so good about Stranger Things, mm-hmm. is it takes this 80s Goonies idea, mm-hmm. and it's legitimately good. Mm-hmm. I care about these kids who can all act very well, mm-hmm. um, and I'm tense and I'm scared for them and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. it brings it a little bit more into like the Stephen King it kind of <laughs> universe. But it uh, still has that Goonies charm to it. Yeah. I like it. I also forgot the beginning where uh, one of the Fratellis uh, pretends to hang himself. Best oh, the cop. They yeah. break him out. They they get away by sneaking onto like a race that's happening on the beach with four-wheel drive vehicles and stuff. Um, anyways. Yeah, so, that happens. I was like, oh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe the Goonies is hardcore. Yeah. Uh, Brant is freed from his little trap and starts to come after. He steals a little girl's bike or whatever the hell, bumps into some friends of, well, not even friends, like one of his rivals kind of who's with the girl that he wants to be with. Subsequently, those two girls end up following him. We'll meet that in a second. But anyways, the Goonies themselves, they're looking at this old beat-down restaurant, and they're like, that's right where the map leads us. 
yada 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 it's the fratelli's hideout um you know they go there you boys like tongue all that stuff do like that um i don't for the specific reason that they get there and they go uh yeah this is a restaurant you guys want something to drink also i'm gonna threaten to cut out your tongue mm-hmm. okay sit down here's some drinks mm-hmm. and i can't tell if they're like just trying to keep the boys there so they don't run off and tell people that they're there mm-hmm. if if that's happening like no okay no like that's definitely happening mm-hmm. but also they're like pretending it's a restaurant so the boys aren't thrown off from it or aren't scared but also she threatens to cut off their tongue yeah and also they're going to great lengths to keep them there and mm-hmm. then Josh Brolin shows up out of nowhere and picks them up and goes we gotta go yeah and then immediately the Fratellis are like yeah get the fuck out of here we don't want you here go 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 and it's mm-hmm. like what is uh, happening here what is mm-hmm. the Fratellis motivation yeah Mr. Sean Aston or whatever has to piss goes downstairs sees Chunk not Chunk Sloth or whatever mm-hmm. um uh, I feel weird about sloth in this day and age. <laughs> uh, the mentally handicapped brother that they keep chained to a wall because he's also very strong. Yeah, I like sloth and chunk when it gives me iron giant vibes. Mm-hmm. But when Sloth's ears move, I hate yeah. looking at it. Also, when they're feeding each other chocolate, don't like don't I yeah. don't like looking at it. Also, forgot to mention that Chunk has already found the ORV with bullet holes in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a frequent reference I make often is the thing where I say, "Okay, Michael Jackson didn't use my bathroom, but his sister did." Whatever. Um, he comes in and tells the boys, and they're all like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." More of your bullshit story from earlier. Um, so, anyways, Fratelli's leave. They kind of, you know, end up getting back into the restaurant. They find the counterfeiting stuff in the basement. They find the lowest point. Go into the Goonies hole on the Goonie adventure. Uh, they're going. They're going. There's they, booby before traps. They, before they go in there, um, Chunk, which I think we need to talk about, the just, like, there's stuff in 80s movies where it's like, okay, now this is a bit uncomfortable. I think the f- Chunk is fat jokes they beat it, they beat the dead horse. It's disgusting. Yeah, to the level that it is. Um, yeah, spe- like they make him do the truffle shuffle, and it's like, yeah, and like you think about it, like ah, oh, this day and age, it's fucked up that they would do that to Chunk, but also it's fucked up that they would do that to that child actor. Mm-hmm. But then when they're in the basement at the restaurant, Chunk goes. They're, they're like trying to find a way out or something like that. And Chunk goes, <gasps> ice cream. Yeah, I smell ice smell cream. it outside of the freezer. And the reason Chunk isn't on the rest of the journey with them is because he smelled ice cream. And yeah, got and they distracted. locked him in with a dead guy behind the dead body. Yes, he finds the de- they find the dead body in the thing, which yeah. I think all that is very funny. I think the dead yeah. body falling all over him or whatever. And he gets locked inside of the freezer. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we got to we gotta get out of here because the Fratellis are coming. Let's get through the hole in the fireplace mm-hmm. that we found. And while they're doing that, Chunk is in the freezer like, guys, mm-hmm. guys, you got to get me out of here. There's a dead guy. There's a dead guy. There's a dead guy. 
And the Fratellis come, and then they leave, and then Chunk goes, okay, well, I guess I'll just open this door. Mm -hmm. Just the door he was just pounding on just opens. Mm -hmm. This movie's bad. That's what I'm getting (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, anyways, uh, Fratellis find Mr. Chunk, uh, and they're like, all right, spill the beans kind of a thing or something, or maybe he gets away or whatever. Uh, This is a scene I've also always liked. The first car that he stops when he's running to the forest is that he's like, oh, my God. And, you know, and it's, you know, kind of weird. I I get that mouth is called mouth because he's like a smart aleck or whatever. But also, like, to a degree, you could call chunk mouth because that dude just loves talking. He blabbers, spills his beans all the time. I thought he was called mouth because of his braces. Does he have braces? Sean Astin? Yeah, absolutely. He's got the most braces I've seen. No, that's Corey Feldman's name is mouth. Sean Astin's Mikey. Really? Yeah. Okay, I want to disagree, but you see you can movie. disagree, but yeah, you're you gonna be absolutely way wrong. more than I, I have. So, <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah. So Chunk stops the car and he's like, "Oh my God, Fratellis found their hideout. They're, they're counterfeiters, uh, bullet holes, ORV, and stuff like that." And then I just love that the light comes on and he just goes, "Oh, Chelani, Namanamanani, Namanamanani," and yeah, and then he's doing that, and then it cuts back to Chunk, and you can see that guy in the mirror. Yeah, and that's still the 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 opera singing is still happening but you can see him in the mirror not moving his mouth at all <laughs> and then when they ch- throw chunk into the back of the car yeah chunk is screaming yeah but there's no sound and i'm yeah. like okay well i it's not a limo yeah. so there's not a, 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 a or a, a pickup truck so there's mm-hmm. not a window separating them so you should be able to hear chunk but whatever i guess i'll let that pass and then the guy throwing chunk in the car in the same shot goes Hey, will you shut up over there? And I'm like, oh, fucking, all right, whatever. So then they go back and they tell Chunk, like, all right, spill your beans. We're going to puree your hand. And this is a genuine bit that I love because it's the only one that I really feel like gets time to, like, breathe. Like, I feel like a lot of this movie is, like, set up and then payoff, set up, payoff. Like, it's yeah. really, there's no time between it. But they tell him to tell him everything. And three separate times they cut back to Chunk going, in the third grade. We did a Founder and Father's play, and I stole my uncle's hairpiece, and I glued it on my face. And then in the fourth grade, I pushed the dog down the stairs, and I... Bl- or no, I touched my sister down the, the stairs, and I blamed it on the dog. And <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Uh, hilarious to me. Very, very funny. And That's I love that by the end of it, one of the Fratelli guys is like, I like this kid. I, I think yeah, I'm starting to good. like this kid. I do like that stuff. That stuff is great. Um, the whole time the Goonies are off on their little adventure. There's booby traps. They find Chester Cobblepots or Copperpots, the you know body killed by the thing or whatever. Um, there's other things that they like try to set up that doesn't go anywhere. Like you know, Mikey seems to be predisposed to noticing like Willie's booby traps. Like he's the one that finds the string for that one booby trap. And also in the beginning, he has that like Roy Ober- Orbison machine or whatever that like opens the door if Chunk does the <laughs> truffle shuffle or whatever. Roy Orbison. And, and then later, later on, like when the, <laughs> the, the 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 scale, he's like, no, 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 don't touch that because that's that's Willie's cut. Uh, fast forward to the part that matters to me. They find the uh, wishing well thing, and it's a little cheesy, but. I also like it where the thing where like they start lining their pockets and then that girl is like no these are people's wishes you can't steal those and i know that sounds like very nicholas sparks but i always thought about that and i like it i also just it, i don't know cory Feldman maybe doesn't do it perfectly but I, you know then cory Feldman gives him well i'm gonna keep this one because this is my wish and it didn't come true and that's fine i like that you know it's like whatever yeah i'm on the other side if i if i hey if i was by a fountain and no one was around yeah and i was really strapped for cash i'd be like I'm taking just handfuls and handfuls of these wet pennies. <laughs> and then, like, Troy is up top, who's the guy who was, like, looking up the one yeah, girl him skirt his, the whole time. him and his friends are just, you know, just... It's when a Friday you, night, baby. It's the Friday last night. night in the story of where we're going to hang out. 
I just, you know, the well, boys, bitch, you know let's it. go to the old wishing well yeah. and just hang out and chat about chicks. Yeah, he's just like, you know, his guts, I'd like the stuff. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> that one girl's can't remember her name. And then he flicks the coin down. And it's a good gag. I like when the coin comes back up. Anyways, they want her to come up, whatever. <laughs> what? You know, whose guts I'd like to stuff. And uh, they start to like, you know, start to go up one by one. And then Sean Astin's like, no, guys, come on. The next time you take a test, it'll be some other class. Next time you're looking up at the sky, it'll be over some other town. Up there, for our parents, it's their time. But down here, it's our time. Down here. And gotta be honest, if I was one of the goonies in that scenario, I'd be like, Mikey, I don't know what the fuck you just said, but I am in. <laughs> exactly. And then if I was uh, the girlfriend, I'd be like, <laughs> Mikey. I don't know what you just said, but this is the first time we're meeting. I'm going up this well. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, they go on, they take a piss in caves, and they also like make out with kids who are too young, the girls do, and stuff, or whatever. Yeah, like it's an accident, it's played for a joke, but yeah. it's also just weird. Weird, yeah. Um, and eventually they find the pirate ship, and it's full of the things, and there's the thing with the Mikey being like, that cuts for whatever. Also, Chunk and Sloth became friends this whole time over Baby Ruth's. And, yeah, again, and, I can't, listen, I can't state enough how they feed each other. Yeah. Uh, unnecessarily, like. I will also jump forward, and uh, without consulting his parents, Chunk, uh, I believe without consulting his parents, <laughs> yeah. says, Sloth, you're going to live with me now. Yeah, And I just can't see a reality in which his parents okay that. Yeah, I, I hope. But it's not realistic. It's yeah, kind of I can't. Dream. I can't picture a reality at the after this movie where Sloth goes on to leave a happy life. Yeah, like, like, like. Hey, let's bring it down again. I know we said we were trying to start this, make this a happy episode. What realistically, where does Sloth go after the Goonies? Don't want to talk about it. I I don't have an answer for you. I don't know. Do you have an answer? No. They think you have an answer. You just don't want to say it. He's institutionalized for oh, sure. They like like because he's cut. like he's a grown <laughs> man. What do they uh, listen? Realistically, yeah. In America, especially the eighties, Ronald Reagan has war on drugs and all that. Mm -hmm. A month after this movie, Sloth is homeless. Yeah, and he's scaring people yeah. on the sidewalk that's what happens to sloth i'm sorry to say so it, everybody let's pivot they're on a pirate ship full of rich stuff they're on a pirate ship full of rich yeah stuff. so the fratellis are there and they're like hands off those are our rich stuff oh okay before we get too far i'd yeah. like to go back to the dude that they read about in the newspaper that they find dead yeah because the way to this treasure which everybody in town knows about yeah is so dangerous and perilous and indiana jones-esque uh -huh. that no one's usually influenced there. by yes and literally produced to capitalize off the success they see him dead and go okay well let's just keep walking and yeah. then they walk into the pirate ship mm -hmm. and while they're doing it seems that, like a pretty straight shot i gotta be honest yeah behind them the fratellis walk into the pirate ship yeah and behind them Chunk you know and sloth walk into the pirate ship you know what it reminds me of what does it remind that you episode of? of it's always sunny where they're in the house I'm just going to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyways, Fratellis are like, hey, hands up, walk the plank, all that kind of stuff. Some of them walk the plank. Sloth shows up. 
he recreates the black and white pirate film he was watching earlier where he slits the thing or whatever. And, that was fun, yeah. Yeah. Um, saves the day, and yada, yada, yada. Dick Donner directed this movie, he has a Superman shirt on and yeah. the theme plays. Um, like, I always I always thought that that was, like, a thing, like a point in the movie mm-hmm. where Sloth gets that shirt or something like that. And mm-hmm. then watching it, it's like, oh. He was just wearing that the whole time. No, it's just a reference to this guy's other movie. Okay, whatever, go on. <laughs> Anyways, um, they, like, dynamite blow a hole out of the cave, and they walk on the beach, and then, like, their parents are there, and the cops are there, and all that kind of stuff, and... (coughs) They allude a little bit earlier that Sloth is the way he is because his mom dropped him a bunch. Yeah, and they're, like, gonna sign the papers to the golf course or whatever, but then, like, uh, the maid or whatever, the woman who's helping them, like, pack up or whatever is like, oh, ideas, me, you know, there's a, you know... She's uh she only speaks Spanish, but she's like ah bag 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 and everything. And uh, there's rubies in there, and so the dad rips up the thing or whatever, and then the pirate ship comes down the coast, kind of a thing, and kind of credits at that point, I think. Other than like, are there Fratellis well, on the ship? You could talk about your very favorite part, Data and his parents. Oh yes, this whole movie just just loathing every second of it. Just being yeah. like, God, I don't like this movie. Uh-huh. At the end, when all the kids meet their parents, meet up back with their parents, which also I love. At no point in this movie do you get a cut to the parents being like, where are our children? Yeah. You're just with the Goonies the entire time. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, they meet up with their parents. Data meets up with his, and his dad goes, oh, great, awesome. Hold on, I want to take a picture. And Data's got all these gadgets on, on his belt and stuff like that that he's using the whole movie. And his dad opens his trench coat and he's got a camera that like springs out of his belt and goes to take a picture and then just a bunch of film starts flying out of it because just like all Data's inventions, it doesn't work. I can't, oh God, I can't remember what he, oh. Uh, he's like, oh, sorry, the camera doesn't work. And then Data goes, it's fine, it's fine, Dad. You can't hug a picture. And they hug and his dad looks at him and goes, you are my greatest invention. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's something they do earlier. I'm pretty sure the mom of Sean Astin's character also mispronounced something, mispronounces something the same way he keeps doing the whole movie. Big Chris? Yeah. Mm. He did that like a hundred times at the yeah. beginning of this movie. And I was like, that's not a personality. That's <laughs> not interesting. I don't like this. And then yeah. the mom does it. And I was like, okay whatever uh-huh. and then later goddamn data keeps doing it and i'm like what is i don't understand what this yeah. joke is supposed to be yeah so overall to summarize the goonies um yeah it's a brilliant gift to give to a child perhaps if they take to it like anything you know you could show a kid the iron giant and he's not gonna like it or they're they're not gonna like it um but perhaps it would be a great gift to give to them um yeah, like you know, I like I said, I I I like the relationship between Mikey and his brother. Um, the whole concept of like, hey, we're never gonna see each other again. This is the last time we're hanging out. And like, that thing where like, obviously for Mikey, he genuinely thinks he's about to find some treasure. Mm-hmm. But for everybody else, they're like, what the fuck else am I gonna do in a story on the last night? Might as well go along. Um. So, yeah, it's kind of like one last hoorah, but also, you know, they find the rich stuff or whatever. Yeah, whatever. It's pretty good. It's all right. I don't know. It's like I said, I don't know. Kind of, like I said, watching again might have shattered the illusion a little bit. I don't know. I think C plus also. I don't know. Um, I think this movie blows ass. (laughs) 
Um, I was never under the illusion. I never saw it as a child. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a D plus as well, just okay. like Temple of Doom. Okay. And listen, hey, if you like the Goonies, I would never want to take that away from you. Yeah. But if you ever come at me, if you ever get in my face <laughs> and tell me that the Goonies is a good movie, I'll yeah. have just a thermonuclear piss fit. <laughs> this movie is not good. Yeah. It's just, hey, listen, I said it before earlier in this podcast, and I'll say it again. Space Jam, bad movie. Yeah. I'll be watching it until I die. <laughs> I understand it. I understand why you like the Goonies. Yeah. But don't you dare. Don't you dare. I primarily like the first half, honestly. Don't like you dare. Honestly, once they get on the adventure, I'm kind of done. I'm done before that. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like I done said, when I, they're in the... I, I'm done when he makes the Roy Orbison machine <laughs> to open the front gate. But yeah, the part that still captures my imagination the most is just the parts that are just vague imagery that imply autumn to me. And just childhood friendship and like small town rainy. Um, yeah. I think that's that's the part that's still is kind of like never gonna leave just because I'm such a sucker for like back to schoolish school friend autumny rainy kind of vibes I guess and yeah no I think uh, all my all my bitching and moaning about this movie aside yeah no I think that's that's the magic of this movie mm-hmm. is it feels it does at the beginning with as much as I've complained about how I don't like the kid actress and stuff like that. I do genuinely like the relationship between all of them. I think except Chunk, except for Chunk, they're definitely beyond bullying Chunk. Yeah, <laughs> they're scarring um, Chunk for life. But I meant like it feels real. I guess for the eighties, yeah, um, especially the fat shaming Chunk. Um, that and the very real, you know, the setting and aspect school, and the thing that a lot of kids like you go through of hey I'm gonna have to move towns soon and then they go on this big epic adventure Mm -hmm. which looking back uh, with a critical adult eye isn't that much Mm -hmm. of an adventure and it's not that exciting to watch but still all of that combined together yeah I think that's where the magic obviously that's where the magic in this movie is but as somebody who never saw it as a child I'm like yeah there's a lot of uh a lot of plot holes in this movie, and I think it's just a a general dissatisfaction I have with a lot of children's movies that are mm. like, hey, just obviously you don't have to because there are people who very much so revere the Goonies, but when I see a child, uh, a kid's movie that's uh, a little bit on the lazier side in a lot of aspects, it makes me a little upset. Make a make a good movie for a kid. Scare a kid. Yeah. I can remember, like, to relate to Mikey's character from it, like, being so profoundly affected by the idea of moving to Virginia mm-hmm. when I just finished the fifth grade that I actually spiraled out about how one day, and it still affects me to this day, I've written songs about it, as you would know, because I wrote one while we were uh, bandmates, um, that I sat down and tried to write all of the friends down that I never wanted to forget, like a letter for future me, mm-hmm. like all the friends I didn't want to forget, all of the movies that I loved that I didn't want to forget, all the TV shows that I liked, all of the, just anything I could list out that I liked that I felt like one day I'm definitely going to forget this and I got to hang on to this because I'm not going to remember any of this. Yeah, I was thinking about it not too long ago. Um, 
it's like it's like it chapter two uh-huh. very much so but like I, I was thinking about this kid um that i grew up with went to school with like i just had like a flash of a memory of him how i haven't thought about him in probably like 20 years being like man i do not remember this kid yeah i remember him being a very constant part of my life but i just don't really remember him yeah and it made me very sad yeah yeah also this movie always makes me think of a couple of kids i knew when i went to i think peck elementary shadow peck elementary i think it was peck uh i knew this kid named maybe it was woodland it could have been woodland elementary okay shout out woodland but it was this kid tommy schmidt he was kind of tall for his age blonde hair loved indiana jones hated me (laughs) but like i kind of like globbed onto the friend group so he was always like kind of picking on me Uh uh-huh didn't like me much. We were both like safeties, but like not safeties. We were like white belts. All we did was hold the door. Oh, you also had safeties? That's fun. Yeah. And uh, I can remember one time I was doing this bit, which he did not like. He was definitely using it as a thing where he's like, if you do this, I'm going to tattle on you. Like, Because I kept being like, man, it's the 6th of July on 2006, 666. Nothing matters. The world's going to end. I'm going to walk off this job. Like I was trying to do that kind of a bit. And he was like, I'm going to tell if you, if you abandon your post like that. I'm going to tell. If you had to guess what year was this? 2006. 2006. July 6th, 2006. Oh, oh, shit, that's right. Yeah. Hold on. To, uh, pause for dramatic effects. That was exactly 16 years ago today. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then there was a kid named Clint Haddix, and I remember he went as... Great name. Yeah, and he went as a lady for Halloween one year, and his mom was like a school age. She was always there and stuff like that. I can still remember the van she drove. Uh, and there was one kid named Cody Pendleton, which I'm very sorry. I feel really bad about Good this. Name. Even bringing it up right now makes me feel bad. But I, I remember, even though I was a pisser, I remember seeing he had a clear backpack. And I guess he had a problem with, like, wedding at school. And, like, he clearly had, like, whitey tighties in there. I was like, what the hell kind of a thing? And everyone's like, shut the fuck up. Be cool to Cody. So, bad on me. Yeah, especially since, he's just, especially since you just said his full name. Yeah. Yikes. You'll bleep it out. You downloaded those, those sound bites. <laughs> But anyways, yeah, I don't know why I always I always remember those guys. I, I think there was also a kid named Ryan Maher, something like that. And yeah, that was they were all kind of like loosely related. I and and I remember there was a ho- like a birthday party that was vaguely a Halloween party that I went to, and I think I didn't get to spend the night that night because they were gonna watch a scary movie later or something like that. My mom didn't want me to see it, even though she knowingly picked me up from my great great aunts and I was watching the Friday the 13th marathon on TV <laughs> so I didn't understand that one but anyways eventually I did get to spend that one night one time and for some reason he had an industrial sized box of those caramel apple suckers yeah and we watched an episode of the Dukes of Hazard. fun and uh, also I can remember that there was a kid named Nico cool I name. think maybe it was Nino Nico one of the two Both I can't remember cool his names, last name yeah um, little edge lord one of those like bam kids like I remember him at, like <laughs> lunch talking about like uh like, yeah, I want to start an after-school uh, program that's just like the Hitler fan club. Like, we love Hitler mm. and, like, what he did and stuff like that. Classic BAM. And also, he got expelled in the fifth grade for bringing weed to school. So cool. Um, and then there was also this girl named Jade. She was my neighbor. We were close friends. Uh, she had two moms, and that was uh, an early exposure for me. I'd never experienced anything like that. I think this is also the period in time where I was in Latchkey playing Sega Genesis and... 
and uh, Super Nintendo, like uh, you know, like uh, playing some Altered Beasts and some some WrestleMania as uh, uh, Sega games and stuff. I was never in Latchkey, but I remember every now and then, like my mom would be just a little late. Yeah, like it only happened a handful of times. And I go to the Latchkey room and just school these fucking nerds <laughs> in whatever video game they were playing and be like, fucking yeah. see ya. My mom doesn't have a job. I'm out of here on time. <laughs> yeah, I will say uh, Latchkey kicked ass. They had like some bitchin' 80s, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle like, toys that I love playing with. Also, I can remember uh, with pretty frequent, like, it was pretty regular because my mom didn't get off work till like 5, 5.30 that I was frequently like the last kid at Latchkey and like I was just lo- like there with the teacher like with the lights off like mm-hmm. she's ready to get the fuck out of there like she probably hates that she has to do Latchkey also mm-hmm. and me just sitting there and she's like your mom better come soon I'm gonna try to call soon and I just have to be like um, she's coming you know that's fucked up that she would say that to you yeah yeah there's nothing what are you gonna do about it yeah so anyways, um, also that house had termites and may have been haunted. A woman died in that house. Cool. Yeah. She worked at a local restaurant and was kind of like a loner. Didn't show up for a couple shifts. So they called her boyfriend to go over there, found her dead body in the house. And my mom says... That's how I want to go. Yeah. My Just, mom says... I want to be a loner and, some, and someone... <laughs> and your like, boyfriend finds it. Someone would be like, I haven't seen Nick in like a week. And then yeah. they have to call the cops and I'm just dead in my house. <laughs> My mom alleges she woke up in the middle of the night one night to see a uh, a woman like walking towards her, kind of a thing, like yeah, kind of quickly. Like, spooky yeah. ghost, yeah. yeah, spooky ghost. I was also terrified of the dark at this time, and you know, was for a while. But for some reason, I was very scared in that house all the time. You had to walk all the way to the other side of the house to use the bathroom, and it always scared me. Always scared me very deeply. I'm so just full of elementary school memories yeah. right now because because we're talking about the Goonies and you're talking about your elementary school. Did you guys have? What did you do as a safety? At this point, Chris and Nick go on for another 38 minutes, telling each other childhood stories, which are not terribly interesting for anyone to hear other than themselves. So, for the benefit of this episode and you, the listener, we're going to skip to the end when they finally wrap things up. You're welcome. Well, anyways, this is how I'm going to end this. This is what The Goonies does to you. It does. We should definitely do just a super cut of like just a couple words here, a couple words there to like show the fact that we've talked for another 30 minutes after the movies about our childhoods. And then. And if that's not music movie, movie magic, I don't know what is. That's that. Mattress Man. If you need more soup. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time, 